Sports Podcast. It's a beautiful Monday. Rams are playing the Cardinals right now. Um, but I got my guy, Hatchet Man, to talk football with. Uh, I kind of want to just call him and get his opinions on, you know, the first game so far, Wild Card Weekend. And uh, just talk football, that's all. Hatchet, can you hear me? Definitely can, man. Glad to be here. Thanks for having me on. As always. Um, so before we get into too much, uh, Cincinnati beating um, the Raiders. Thoughts? What really blew my mind is I think Joe Burrow is for real. And maybe I'm late to the party, mm-hmm. but he was balling. I mean, he was killing it. I, I mean, do I think Cincinnati's going to win the whole thing? Eh, no. But I do think that's a very competitive team. He, on both sides of the ball, too, they're actually more solid than I thought. Pretty good running game. I mean, receiving core is decent. I mean, Joe Burrow is making plays. Um, and Oakland's not too shabby. Yeah, you know, their head coach fiasco, he's gone which definitely take a t- took a toll than the rug situation, for sure. But outside of that, I think, yeah, Cincinnati is for real. So When I was watching the game, uh, I also think Cincinnati is for real. Um, I'd probably say they may just – the thing when I watch Cincinnati is more so, like, you can just see, like, okay – yeah, this team is pretty uh, electrifying. Mm-hmm. What they're missing is just that experience, you know? Like, it's like, For sure. okay, I like watching these guys. But so now it's more so when I say experience, it's like these guys need to be battle-tested more in games like that to where I would feel confident to be like, you know what? If they play the Bills, I think I got my money on Joe Burrow. You know what I'm saying? Um, <laughs> I'd probably say... The defense is pretty good. I like the defense. Um, I mean, I would say that I can't say that they're they're missing any pieces per se, um, because you know they pretty much have. I mean, I'm not familiar with their linebacking core mm. too much. I know they have a rookie linebacker who's probably one of the top, who's probably I think in top ten in tackles this year. So. Mm. Um, at every level, they have studs at every level, you know. Mm-hmm. The secondary, they have studs. The I like Bates a lot. I He's one of my favorite safeties, actually, um, number 30. Really? He's actually one of my favorite safeties. He's up there with Mika Fitzpatrick. He's up there with Quandre Diggs. He's up there. Um, who else am I missing? Uh, top safeties. Who are the top safeties in the league? I think about it. I mean, if you watch the Bills game, you can't forget about your boy that made that crazy pick. Maybe you don't think much of his game. You talking about on the Bills? Yeah. Was it Hyde or Poirier? Yeah, Hyde. Oh yeah, I like this. I like the Bills secondary as well. Um, But as far as the Bengals, um, they they have all the pieces, I believe. They just need to be bowed to, they just need more to gain more experience to where I would feel confident, be like, you know what? If it's the Bengals versus the Bills, the Bengals versus the, the Chiefs, 
I'd take the 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 Bengals more often. That's the thing about the Chiefs. Like the Chiefs were electrifying, and mm-hmm. then they just continually con- well they continue to in those big games in those high pressure moments they continued to excel, which then gave everyone, as far as fans and people who are watching. They gave everyone that sense of confidence to where like, oh, Patrick Mahomes is down by 30 in the second quarter. Chiefs still got a chance. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Um, the Raiders, I like the Raiders. I like what they got going on. I feel like they're just missing a couple pieces on both sides of the ball. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I feel like they need a dynamic wide receiver. They thought Deshaun Jackson was going to be that. Didn't really work out. They're trying to make Zay Jones. Uh, I think it was like number seven. He's probably like their big play wide receiver, really. I saw that Derek mm-hmm. Carr was um trying to get it to him. You know, they got Waller, so that they're good with that. They got Josh Jacobs, they're good with that. But uh I do feel like they need like a, a really good wide receiver, uh, like a Jamar like how Jamar Chase can take over a game, mm-hmm. or Devontae Adams can take over a game, or Cooper Cup can take over a game. The Raiders need that, I think. Um uh, So on my end, I would agree definitely with Cincinnati uh they're just I, I really think they're a scrappy bunch like you said talent on both sides of the ball I love Chase Chase Burrow combo sick I love that um but really really scrappy bunch out there like I, I enjoyed watching them play but you're right they just don't have the experience um Cincinnati doesn't have a history of really winning right and even if you go back to the Ocho Cinco days it's just like eh, you know like eh, they're just a team you watch um, but I do think they're 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 like at a rebranding stage. I think they're at a stage where, hey, we may not be ready right now, but we're for real. We're I think they're at where Cleveland Browns were maybe a couple years ago, mm-hmm. if I can draw my comparison. Um, and then looking at Oakland, I might be a little biased because I personally know Waller. I actually played base little league baseball with him. Okay. Um, I know his dad pretty decently well. Um. My thing with that, like, you, I would argue that Waller might be a go-to receiver from the tight end. Because I really don't look at him as a tight end, per se. Like, yeah, he has the height, but he really has a receiver build. And I don't know if he's just a high-volume tight end, per se, or he can really take over a game. There's been some games where just like it, it appears he is taking over, but I don't know if it's just like he's cars just force feeding him and he's just making the catches. See the thing, um, the thing with Waller. Uh, sorry to cut you off. Uh, the thing with Waller no, for me is he to me is Travis Kelsey. So, huh. um, and when I say that, what I mean is like when I watch the game. I see different types of tight ends, whether it be you got your pass catcher tight ends and your blocking tight ends. But then, mm-hmm. as you know, as a, another, you know, craftsman of football um, or someone who pays attention to football. Then you go into another category, like another level of breaking down, OK, what type of pass catching tight end is he just like mm-hmm. receivers? Is he a possession receiver? Is he the long ball receiver? You know? Um, yeah. And Travis Kelsey is the possession receiver. He would be the guy that you, I need a first down, sure hands, let me get it to him. When I look at a George Kittle, 
he, to me, he's not necessarily, I don't look at him as, I'm, I'm pretty sure he's a position receiver. He has great hands. But I'm mm-hmm. not like, let me, I'm more, I'm more um, in tune to more so say, if I need a big play, I'm going to George Kittle. Same way mm-hmm. when the Chiefs need a big play, they go to Tyreek Hill. Mm-hmm. I need Patrick Mahomes needs a first down. He's going to he's going to George Kittle. If he needs a big play, open up that defense. He's going to Tyreek Hill. When they go to George Kittle, it's like he's a big play waiting to happen. You know, mm-hmm. whether it be he's going for a long ball or he's uh, catching a short ten yard and then breaking like three or four tackles and getting an extra ten. You know. And so when I when I look at Waller, he to me is more so in the vein of a Travis Kelsey to where you throw him the ball, he's sure hand, he's gonna make the catch, move the chains. But I'm not looking at him per se as for the big play. I'm not looking at him to take a ten yard pass and then now he, I'm pretty sure he's capable, same way Travis Kelsey was capable of taking mm-hmm. a ten yard play and then going all the way down, same same way they um they beat the Chargers. But mm-hmm. That's what I'm looking at. He's a there. Those two tight ends are move the chain tight ends, not necessarily mm-hmm. big play, but they're move the chains. I know if I get him the ball, there's a ninety percent chance that we're good. Um, and I feel like the Raiders just now need that big play weapon. Um, they need that receiver who could take the top off, or you can turn a ten yard slant into a seventy yard touchdown. And I thought that guy was Deshaun. And then just going back, uh, back telling to uh, Travis Kelsey, he has been rather slippery these past few games. Like he, he's at his run after catchability actually opened my eyes a little bit. He impressed me, and that's yeah. pretty hard to do from the tight end because I was like, I, I've seen everything he has to offer. I got it, but no, he's actually really good after the catch. His yak is crazy, um, very, very elusive. Um, but yeah, I, I would agree with your archetype as far as like, yeah, Waller possession, move the chains. Not saying he can't make the big play, but yeah, I I agree with your um comparison with that. Yeah, I mean, I think you nailed it. So, um, and I also feel like the the Raiders just probably need a, a big play guy on the defense, um, a guy whether it be on the line who like in, like when they had Khalil Mack. That was their mm. that was their their big play guy. Sure. We need a sack. We need a strip. We need a strip sack. You know, um, and mm. again, those players can range anywhere in the defense. They can be on the line like a, like a Khalil Mack or a Von mm. Miller or Aaron Donald, or they can be on the backside like a Quandre Diggs, Earl Tom, like how Earl Thomas was back in the day. You know, they don't mm. necessarily need a corner. They do need corners. But I do mm. like the corners that they have. I mean, I like Hayward. I'm not too sold on Trufant because, mm. I mean, everybody knows Marcus Trufant. Um, but um, just that that safety back there who I know, you know what, if that ball is going deep, just the same way Jesse Bates the third is for the Cincinnati Bengals. That guy's a ball hawk. He's, there, yeah, to, he's yeah. there to make plays. He's a sure tackler, and he's there to make plays. And they need – that's what the Raiders need on their defense. Um. I feel as though if they, they, they get at least those two pieces, a big play wide receiver and a stud on the back end, whether it be in the secondary or in the front, who, who, can, who can change the game, the Raiders might be in good shape. Not Super Bowl shape, maybe, but they'll be, 
they they can start being contending. Yeah, and I think they're on the verge right now. My thing is actually, I you may disagree, and I think you will. The big play, honestly, I I mean, D Jack man, like so what so. I don't know, man. Like, what's your opinion on that? Like, do you just feel he wasn't a fit, or you th- like, what do you think? Like, no. I think he still has it. Like, even though he's old, because I've seen some of his routes where he didn't get the ball. The separation's still there. He's still lightning fast in game. No, and, I, he still has it. I mean, mm. even well, I think the first catch he had for the because he was playing for the Rams at the beginning of the season. Yeah, and I think the yeah. first play, the first catch he had was like a fifty-plus yard bomb from Stafford and it was a touchdown. So mm. he still has it, but I don't know if it's consistency. I don't know if it's just, I don't know what it is. You would think that it's him because at the same time, people is like, they're not like, you're not going to feed D Jack. It seems like he's not a mm. volume receiver. He's just, yeah. when he goes in the game, it's like, okay, he's going to go deep. That's it. And it's like, yeah. With Jamar Chase, again, I mean, I'm using Jamar Chase because, I mean, that's who they played. So that's the first guy that comes to the front of my mind. But it's like, yeah. okay, they're going to give him the ball on sweeps. They're going to give him slants. They're going to give him comebacks. They're going to give him the long ball. All these different type of ways to get him the ball, they're going to do that. They're not doing that with D-Jack. When, they, when he's in the game, they're just like, just run deep and we'll figure it out from there. And it's like, that's, I don't think he's a weapon and he's a threat. But maybe because of him kind of, he's, he's almost like a one-trick pony at this point. You get what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. He's, it's just one-dimensional with him. And if he had, and I'm, I'm, he's, he's a professional football, football player, so I'm pretty sure he can do all the routes on the route tree and all these different mm-hmm. things. But for whatever reason, it just doesn't seem as though it's like, oh, we want D-Jack to run all the routes on a route tree. It's like, no, we just want him to go deep and that's it. And it's, I feel like that's a detriment to him and it's a detriment to the offense opening up more. Um, even though he did have that one drop that possibly could have been a touchdown yesterday. So maybe that's yeah. also a thing too. Maybe they just, they just don't trust him. Um, maybe that's what it is. He's had a lot of injuries, but it seems like every time when he finally gets on the field and he has a splash pay, it's like, oh, well, he's perfect. he was perfectly fine to me. So... I don't know what, what it is with D-Jack and why that's not. Um, you know what would be dope? If Odo Beckham Jr. went to the Raiders. <laughs> mm-hmm. I mean. I'm, you might. This, this is, so this might sound crazy. He's only on a one-year deal, think, so. I think Odell is done. I just feel it in my gut. I don't think he's Odell anymore. I don't think he's done. Like as in like not gonna it. play I football anymore it. or like no no I mean like being a top five receiver. I hate to say this. I hate to say this. No, I think he's good enough to be on a roster, and I'm talking about Odell, 2015 Odell, 2014 Odell, uh, 2013 Odell. It's possible. I I, I can kind of see where you're going with that. Um, I'd say with Odell. It just it it does seem like he has lost somewhat of a step, but mm. that could be just due to injuries. It's not like he's he's taking a bunch of big hits. It's, I think it's just more so yeah. injuries, really I injuries agree. and confidence. I think it's injuries. I do think it's injuries. I did, but I don't, I just I just have a gut feeling he's just not the same. I mean, it, I, I, it kills my heart personally. I take 
the Odell Beckham now that's playing for the Rams, if you mm. add him to the Raiders, I like the Raiders' chances. The percent I, I like the Raiders even more. Why? Because Odell can still run every round the route tree. He can still get right. separation, and he can still bust a big play. Now, is he gonna take over the game? Is he still take over the game, Odell? Probably not. But you don't for for in the case of the Raiders, since that's why I brought him up. Uh, in mm-hmm. the case of the Raiders, he can he can do that, you know, because the receivers that they have, Zay Jones and Edwards, I mean, they're pretty much doing what the Rams have Odell doing now. But he would still be an upgrade from what they have. So that's why I would say Odell. I'm not saying Devontae Adams or someone like the top five mm-hmm. receivers going to the Raiders. I'm just saying just the guy who I know – you know, he, he's 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 got some play in him, and you know, um, he can still be a number one wide receiver if there isn't already a number one wide receiver on the roster. If you get what I'm saying, like I don't expect him to go to the Packers and be the number one receiver. That's not going to happen. It's going to be Devontae. Same with the Rams. He wasn't going to go to the Rams and be the number one receiver. That's Cooper Cup all day. Uh, he's mm-hmm. not going to go to the Bengals. I mean, they already they're already stacked the wide receiver. They actually have probably the best until the Bucks lost all their receivers. I'd probably say they probably had the best receiving core. Um personally. Who? Uh before the Bucks had all those injuries, I'd probably say the oh, Bucks had the, have the best. Yeah, I think the Bengals have the best receiving core now. Mm. Uh between them, I like the Bills receiving core. And, you know, the Bills, Cowboys, Bengals, mmm. The Cardinals before all the injuries, um, hmm, nah, I yeah, I just think, just the, just those teams right there, they have the best receiving cores. Period. I, I would agree. I would agree for the most part. Um, yeah, I mean, there's some teams where I like singular receivers that I think they're bubbling under the service and underrated, which could be potential breakout stars. But as far as a complete receiving core, yeah, um, I, I, would, I would agree. Um, who, who, um, who would you consider to be like a under-the-radar bubbling uh, receiver who might be just by himself that who, – like who's someone that you're – So I don't think he gets – I think he emerged this year. Coming from a corner, because when I look at receivers, I look at – if I was playing them as a DB, as a corner, I think A.J. Brown is ridiculous. I think he's scary good, in my opinion. I like A.J. Brown. Um, I, think he's scary. I, don't, I think if he had a better quarterback, he's top five. That's just my opinion. I, I wouldn't disagree with you. I, I definitely wouldn't disagree with you. I like A.J. Brown a lot. Um, and they had a... I mean, between him and Julio, you would think that they have probably the most for, they had the most formidable between him and Julio. Mm-hmm. Take those two against any other team. Yeah, I'd probably put them above pretty much everyone else. Maybe out except for I was going to say the Cardinals, but you know, AJ mm-hmm. Green is he's much older now, so he's not the same AJ yeah. Green. But no, um, no, I, I I'm right with you. If Julio Jones was fully healthy and, and impacting the game the way that everyone thought he would, I'd definitely take AJ Brown and Julio over anyone else. Yeah, 
Yeah, and I just don't. I don't believe in Tannehill. I never really did. But yeah, A AJ Brown to me is a beast. Um, and I, I think Devontae Adams is a little bit overrated. I like Ooh. as far as just pure talent. Now hear me Ooh. out on this. Pure talent. I don't think he's the best, but as far as his skill, as far as his it, what he excels at, in my opinion, because I've watched him, his field awareness and play recognition, covered recognition, being able to break routes, that timing with Aaron, really is what sets him apart. It's not just his pure athletic ability. It's not like a D-jack where he can just straight run by you, straight athlete. He runs crisp routes. He can find the holes in the zone flawlessly, and he can just have a field day on the D. But do I think he's the most talented receiver in the NFL? No. But right now, I, I have to say he's the best. As far as best football player from the receiver position, yeah. Um, but as far as like, exciting talent, I wouldn't say Devontae Adams. No, and I don't, and I think the majority of people actually would agree with you. Like what you're saying isn't necessarily mm-hmm. rocket science. It's kind of like the Cooper mm-hmm. Cup effect, you know. He's yeah. not the most talented, but you know he's he's very 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 skilled. That's the whole Odell Beckham debacle. Mm-hmm. Is because Odell Beckham, he's skilled, but talent wise. He was the best talent in his prime. Mm-hmm. I mean, he should be in his prime now, but when he was at his peak, when he was at top Odell, he was the most mm-hmm. talented. He was the most talented with skill, which made him the most, which made him in the conversation to be the best receiver in the league. You know, because you yeah. got your, you got Michael Thomas. He's not the most talented guy. No, he's not. But he's the most skilled. He gets the most balls. He's he's sure-handed. You know, consistency. Consistency. Um, and same with Devontae Adams, same with Cooper Cup. That's the thing with Jamar Chase. That's why everyone's so big on the Jamar Chase. He's skilled, but you can tell it's the talent mm. that's what's taking over games right now. It's the fact that he could take that, that slant, break a couple tackles, and be gone for 80 yards. You know? Mm. That's the thing about Jamar Chase right now. Um, that's why everyone's so big on Jamar Chase, which I will say this again. I don't know if I said this already on any of my other podcasts, but I did say, um, I think on my one of my first couple episodes when I was going over the draft, that I was mad at the Bengals for selecting Jamar Chase mm-hmm. uh, because I wanted them to draft a lineman to protect Joe Burrow so he doesn't get hurt again. <laughs> yeah, I, I would have... After that injury, you're like, give me like seven. Give me ten. Right. Uh, I was one of the ones that was just like, Jamar Chase, like, I get it. They have the connection from college, but screw that. Get him a lineman that can protect him. Um, But, I mean, I was wrong, but I'm still right because Joe Burrow was, this past season, he was the most sacked quarterback in the league, if I'm not not, uh, mistaken. So it just kind of worked out because Jamar Chase happened to be such a stud. But Joe Burrow is still laying on his back doing snow angels. So, I mean, hey. But, you know, I guess I was somewhat wrong. So I take that. I take that. Yeah, but your your logic was, you know, I, I mean, your logic was spot on. Like, I, 
like I said, I had, I'm still waiting. Well, I can't say I'm. He proved. He, I mean, he's ball. He's a baller. Like I, I have to say, he's a ball. I was. It was a question mark. Because I, I, you know, I typically don't believe the hype when it comes to college quarterbacks, but Gerald Burrow has just been balling. I can't like when someone consistently is just putting up the numbers consistently, you know, making big plays over and over and over. You just got to give him the credit, which I think he he earned it um, this past week with Oakland. Um, but yeah, I mean, your logic wasn't wrong. You definitely get a guy to protect them. But, you know, it seems like they're doing an okay job now. We'll see as the season progresses. Then also another, to answer your question, another receiver bubbling. I think Judy on uh, Denver is nice. I think he's sick. I I just think they the, the quarterback situation with Bridgewater, um, him always being injured, couldn't really give him the ball the way he wanted. And Bridgewater played games injured. So he just wasn't ever 100%, but I think he is going to be ridiculous if he can just have a quarterback that he has timing with that can consistently give him the ball in the spots I think he's going to be. I think he's like blazing fast. In game speed, he looks ridiculously fast to me with my own eyes from what I see. Um, I think he's going to be a a really great receiver. Uh I liked Jerry Judy coming out of college. I was one of the ones I was like, I don't know if it's Jerry Judy or CeeDee Lamb. Jerry Judy, CeeDee Lamb. Mm-hmm. It, it's the same conversation to me. It's mm-hmm. the Devontae Adams, Odell Beckham conversation. Mm-hmm. To me, Jerry Judy, Jerry Judy is the Devontae Adams type. It's not the mm-hmm. most talented, but he is extremely skilled. Not saying that CeeDee Lamb is not. But CeeDee yeah. Lamb was, the thing about CeeDee Lamb that popped out at you was, his talent level. He was breaking tackles. He was making these crazy catches and all this stuff. Super athletic. Super athletic. J- Jerry Judy, the thing with the, his his big shtick when he was coming out of college was like, they're like, hey man, he's probably he is definitely the best route runner coming out of college, and he could possibly be one of the best route runners in the league. And yeah. I think that's also kind of can attest to why he seems so fast on the field. It's because his footwork is so good. Because you know. If a receiver has good footwork and he's got the cornerback on their toes, the cornerback is at that good point, <laughs> it, it, they're playing at the beat of his drum, you know, so they can't really exactly. go at full speed because this guy, they got this 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 receiver is coming at you with all these moves. They're, they're like, they got to slow down so they can keep up, you know, <laughs> and I think that's kind of what it is with Jerry Judy. Same with Devontae Adams, same with Cooper Cup. Um, mm. And I would like that, you know, uh, Man, like I could sit here and think, like, oh man, what if the Raiders got Jerry Duty? I'm a project guy. I like to see a bad team or like a team that you see has certain holes, and then they mm-hmm. fix those holes, and then you're right. I'm one of those people. I'd be like, man, just, just let the Raiders get a wide receiver. Just let the Raiders get a legit wide receiver. Raider, Derek Carr would do some damage. Um, but uh, no, I could see that Jerry Judy. Um, think of another guy that I like. Um, I've always been a Jarvis Landry fan. Um, mm. Let me ask you this, because I, com- I had a conversation with our buddies Go ahead. about this. And um, the, the top, the, the, pretty much the, the, the subject was, is Jarvis Landry a number one wide receiver? What do you think? I say yes. What do you think? Number one wide receiver as in the best in the league? No. Just the number one wide receiver for a team. 
Oh, gotcha, gotcha. Oh, hmm. Hmm. And, uh, like right, the go-to guy. The go-to guy. And let me preface my point. Okay, when Jarvis yeah, Landry yeah. was in, when Jarvis Landry was in Miami, right? For his first first four seasons, I believe, I think he has the record for the most re- receptions in a, in a in a a player's first four seasons. I believe he has that record because mm-hmm. I think he had like three one hundred yards, like over one hundred catch uh, seasons, and then some, and something else in there, but. Sure-handed, can run the route tree, you know, can be dynamic at times. Uh, he can somewhat take over a game if you if you give him the chance. I'm pretty sure he can he can dominate most of these corners in the league. Now I'm not saying the top corners, but most of the corners. I'm pretty sure I feel like he, I have confidence that he can dominate most of those guys. Mm-hmm. Um. And but it's just he has Baker as his quarterback, so he really can't show out. Um, but I do feel as though Jarvis Landry is the number one receiver in the league. Uh, not mm. in on a team. He could be a number one receiver on a team. If you sent him to the Jaguars, he would be the number one receiver on the team. If you sent him to the Colts, he would be the number one receiver on the team. If you sent him to uh let me think, let me think, let me think. If you sent him to um, the Saints, he would be the number one receiver on the team. If you sent him to the Falcons, he would be the number one receiver on the team. He, There's teams that if you put Jarvis Landry on that team, he's their number one, period. There's no, oh, they're going to battle it out. No, it's, it's, Jarvis Landry will be the number one receiver on that team, period. Hmm. So Jarvis Landry is, a little bit of a, I would say, I'm going to preface this by saying he just, he's a guy that has just been riddled kind of with like subpar quarterback play, you know, as far as getting him. The, like when he was on Miami, he had what, Ryan Hennehill, yeah. right? So it's like, I and I remember watching those games, like Ryan Hennehill would get him the ball. He's like high volume, but it, I don't know, man. I think he is a good football player. Um, and I would agree with you on a lot of teams. You would it, it just on paper, but okay, yeah, he's our number one receiver for the team. Mm, I'm just going to have to. And, the, and, and, that, and that's all I'm trying to say. On paper, if you put him on at least 50% of the teams in the league, he would be on paper the number one receiver on that team. The our buddies were telling me no, Jarvis Landry's not number one. He's a number two. I'm saying like, bro, if you if you sent Jarvis Landry to the Bucks right now, he wouldn't be the number one. It'll still be Mike Evans, but Tom Brady would say thank you and give you a box of chocolates. Well, see, but Tampa Bay would be a horrible. It's um, it's not the best example, but I'm saying it's like yeah, he he. He can he can dominate. He can sure. give if someone was missing something. All right, if you send him to the Raiders right now, I would feel more confident about the Raiders. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, and that's all I'm saying. You don't need the the best top ten wide receiver in the league mm-hmm. to still do damage at the wide receiver position. Mm-hmm. You just need a professional. 
who can still operate at a very high level. And I think that's Jarvis Landry, which is why on most teams, he would still be the number one wide receiver on paper. You're right. Actually, when I think about it, you're right. Because when, when you said number two, my mind went, okay, can I really see him as a number two? Like, when I think of a number two receiver, I'm thinking of, oh, man, what's that dude that I'm, I'm bad with names? He played, he played with um, Peyton Manning, uh, so Emmanuel was, Sanders, Emmanuel Sanders. Okay. I, I see him as, like, a number two receiver right now in this point of his career, or number three. Like, that's who I, I, I associate with a number two receiver mm-hmm. right now, is like, someone like that. Like, um, and I don't see Jarvis Landry in the same light. I just don't. He's still a star player. He still definitely can take over the game under the right conditions with the right team. Um, on most teams, yeah. Uh, I just felt that Tampa Bay would be a bad example because Tom Brady, on any given day, a rec- any receiver could be the number one receiver with Tom Brady. It just depends on the scheme and what he's looking at. And, and see, and again, to my point, before Odell got to Cleveland, Jarvis was the number one, the undisputed number one. People mm-hmm. was feeling good with just having Jarvis on the team. They were like, hey, maybe we got Jarvis. We, f- we feel pretty good now. Like, you have, yeah. you, you, in order for Jarvis not to be a number one, you have to get an Odell type talent or like one of those type receivers to just so people could be like, okay, yeah, Jarvis is not number one now. He's, he's he, he 1B. Still was I mean, Odell never really was number one, even when he went to Cleveland. But you would have to get a receiver like that for, just for that yeah, just for yeah. that argument to have some type of stance. Like you would sure. have to get DeAndre Hopkins on the team and be like, okay, yeah, Jarvis is not the number one right now. DeAndre's number one. Uh, you know, you you, you got to get you got to get Devontae even Adams then, on though, the team, dude. Even then, I I think DeAndre Hopkins is a, a a badass. Like he's just a badass receiver. But even then, it would, it would to me it would go back and forth between the two. Like, I don't think it, I don't think it would be like a clear cut. Oh, DeAndre Hopkins for sure. Like, Jarvis Landry is a playmaker. So yeah, I I get your point. Now that I really think about it, yeah. I mean, I can't think of too many receivers where it's just like a clear cut. Even if you put them in tandem with someone like Tyreek Hill, which would be kind of unique. I think they'll go back and forth. The and to that point of you saying, like, okay, he had Ryan Tannehill, right? Mm-hmm. That's when you have, that's when you know what type of receiver you got. Mm-hmm. Like you said, DeAndre Hopkins is an animal. So yes. you would have to have a DeAndre Hopkins level tier of receiver to, comp- to, to compensate horrible quarterback play or mediocre quarterback play because only mm-hmm. receivers like DeAndre Hopkins can have mediocre quarterback play and still put up ridiculous numbers. They can have three uh-huh. quarterbacks in the same in one season and still get a hundred catches, 1400 yards and 12 touchdowns. Only uh-huh. Hopkins level receivers can do that. You know, not every receiver. Yeah. That's when you know you have a generational receiver, you know, mm-hmm. Jarvis Landry has also had that same situation where he has these mediocre quarterbacks. He still produces not to DeAndre, not to that crazy top five level, 
but he still produces. Mm. So I'd be like, man, just give him a a a tier two quarterback, and I bet you Jarvis Landry will put up numbers. He will put up monster numbers, even if you give him a tier two. And when I say tier two, if you give him Derek Carr, tier two. Yeah. Uh Garoppolo, tier two. Yeah. Cousins, tier two. That oh, I don't know. Um, <laughs> debatable. It's debatable. I'm biased. I'm biased. I'm biased. It's, it's debatable. Like <laughs> we obviously know what tier one is. Tier one is Rogers, Brady, yeah, yeah. uh Holmes. Uh Hibbert is getting into that. Burrow is getting into that. The see, mm-hmm. it's it's weird because then like I say cousins is a tier two, but then it's like he's like tier two, but he's 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 somewhere floating in between tier two and tier three, kind of like Garoppolo. Uh same way Burrow, you see how he's been playing. Mm-hmm. Would you say he's a tier one or tier two? Uh, he has to be a tier two for now because he, he has exactly. to do it longer. Exactly. He's so, a tier two yeah. for now, but you see tier one in him. So to me, yeah. he's actually floating in between tier one and tier two. Yeah. He's on the cusp of tier one. Same way Cousins is on the cusp. <laughs> he's tier two. No, he, no. I think Cousins is just trying to provide for his family, man. He, <laughs> I think he's going to keep stealing money. <laughs> he's trying to... <laughs> and people say it, like. All right, all right, all right. Because right. this, this, this is usually another uh, debate. All right. So, Cousins is tier three? <laughs> Talent-wise, no. He, he, he has, he, he's talented quarterback. And, Wait, so what, but, tier would, what tier would you put him in? I would, I would go tier two. If I'm, being, if I'm just being objectively honest, tier two, but... Uh. Okay. Just because you said objectively honest... I won't, because, okay, then my question is, who's tier three? A tier three, (laughs) Daniel Jones. No, no. That's that's a compliment. (laughs) I can't blame all of I won't let let you do that. I won't let you do that. Can't can't (laughs) let you do that. Can't let you put Daniel Jones in tier three. As a Giants fan, we won't we won't take we won't, we won't tolerate that disrespect. <laughs> Can't we won't tolerate that disrespect. That's disrespectful as hell. Oh man. See oh, man. okay. What's Carson Wentz? Tier three. Okay, boom. Carson Wentz is tier three. If you put Kirk Cousins and Carson Wentz in the same tier, I I'd accept that. I'd accept that. Mm. Yeah, Carson Wentz is tier three, but he has potential. I mean I would say skill, potential, borderline, tier one, tier two, but he's right now, I have to put him at tier three. He's um, borderline tier two, but he's tier three. Yeah, exactly how I see him. Borough exactly. is borderline tier one, but he's tier two. Hibbert yeah. is borderline tier one, but he's tier two. What you said, which guy? Hibbert. Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. Right now, Burrow and Hibbert are right now, it's like, they're the same to me. I don't know which one's better, because they're, they're the same. Like, Hibbert's talent pops off the screen at you. But Burrow is just so damn good. Like, Herbert is damn good. and But then you see, like, it's kind of like the Josh Allen effect. It's like, mm-hmm. you see this big old, this big-ass white boy, 6'4", <laughs> 240, 250 pounds, running around 
and slinging the ball at 100 miles per hour, and you're like, damn. <laughs> you're like, damn. You know? Burrow, and he's not this. Herbert, is, is he faster than what you think? Same with Josh Allen. They're both faster than what you think. Like, I'm just like. Yeah, and that's why I say yeah. it pops off at the screen. Burrow, Burrow's pretty fast, too, in his own right. Yeah, he's not but, bad. But, like, his hit when he when you see him play it doesn't pop off at the screen at you like when you watch Hibbert or Josh Allen like the mm-hmm. stuff that they do is you'd be like that's tier 1 stuff right there that's mm-hmm. that's like that special quarterback stuff right there you know mm-hmm. burrow reminds me of tom brady you know he just he just looks good back there in the pocket and he does what he does you know, this thing about Aaron Rodgers, that's why Aaron Rodgers was is so special is because he, he when you see him, he pops off at the screen with, at you, but he still is going to do whether he's popping off the screen at you or not. When, when it's all said and done, you he's still going to have those numbers, just like Tom Brady's going to have those numbers. Tom Brady doesn't pop off the screen at nobody, but everyone knows Tom Brady's going to do what he has to do. Same with Joe Burrow. He doesn't pop off at the screen at you, but. When he's back there, best believe he's putting in work. And I just went on a whole tangent, but yeah. No, you're fine. And if you and Aaron Rodgers is a whole different animal. Like I I'm just gonna be honest, I don't really like Aaron Rodgers as a person. But as a That's football fine. player, undeniable like I know quarterbacks. I faced them all my life. Aaron Rodgers undeniable talent like his arm talent his like play recognition everything he is ridiculously good I don't think people understand how good Aaron Rodgers really is he is ridiculously good like sickening good like he he's almost like he can score he's like I would compare him to like in prime Kevin Durant of the NFL I wouldn't say LeBron because I honestly think Kevin Durant Talent-wise, is, is, is better than LeBron. But LeBron is winning, wins more. Um, but that's debatable. But just pure, raw talent and ability, Aaron Rodgers, bar none. He can make the game look easy. He can really make any receiver a Pro Bowl receiver if he wanted. But he is just sickening good, ridiculously good. Um, but... You know, Green Bay has – I, I consider Green Bay a dysfunctional organization in its own end. Yeah. Um, it's a completely different animal, but, you know, yeah, Aaron Rodgers is just – I think he's in a league of his own. But it, it, as a complete football player in tangibles, being humble, being able to bring in the right pieces, being able to motivate the guy, all that stuff I, I actually put into the pot as far as complete football player, which I say Brady has the edge. But if you're just talking straight, just throwing the ball – and being a quarterback, you got to give it to Aaron. Sick of being good, ridiculously. Like if Madden, he should be like a one hundred eight. Like that's how good he is. The and I was just thinking about this when you were saying when you were talking mm-hmm. about the Kirk Cousins and and I was you were talking <laughs> about Daniel Jones being tier three, and I was like no, because as a Giants fan, even though you know I I don't have sense, you know sometimes I don't mm-hmm. speak logically, so I'm yeah. pretty sure there's Giants fans out there would be like. Gary, shut the hell up. But <laughs> me personally, like, I'd take Kirk Cousins as an upgrade. If you gave, if, if you put Dan, 
if you took Daniel Jones out and put in Kirk Cousins, me as a Giants fan, initially, I'd feel great. I'd be like, thank you. I would say thank you and send the Giants front office a box of chocolates with a rose. Be my Valentine's. Like, I'd say thank you. And then he would start doing Kirk Cousin things, and then I'd be like, damn it, now we need to get someone else. <laughs> <laughs> I agree with you. So my issue with Kirk Cousins is he's getting paid tier one quarterback money, but performing low, bottom of the barrel, borderline tier two, tier three performance. That's what gets under my skin. Like, I don't think he's whole. Yeah, he's definitely an upgrade from Daniel Jones. Like, he's a halfway decent quarterback if you just look at everything. And he can win you some football games. You know, he, you know he's, de- he's decent. But he's getting paid tier one quarterback money. And I think he, his, whoever his agent, his agent is, is, like, the best. Oh, ever. man, I need his agent. <laughs> I need his agent. I need his agent. Man. Like, everything in life. If, 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 whoever, if you worked at McDonald's and you had an agent to sit in there with you at the, during the interview, <laughs> you would get like $50 an hour working the, the McDonald's window. You would be the fryer making like man, an hour. You would be the fryer making 200 an hour if you had Kirk Cousins' agent, bro. <laughs> You'll go out and be like, what do you do? I, I work at McDonald's. Oh, I'm a doctor and you're under me. I'll be like, yeah, but I make $200 an hour flipping burgers. He'd be like, what? Talk to my agent. Yeah, Kirk Cousins agent. <laughs> I got the Kirk Cousins agent. I don't know what to tell you. Like, I'm perfectly fine sitting right here flipping these burgers because I got <laughs> Kirk Cousins as my agent <laughs> and I'm making 200 an hour. And you got to worry about stress and all that stuff and people's lives. I just got to make sure these burgers are good <laughs> and I get 200 an hour. Thank you. <laughs> Man. Mm. I just want to change it though a little bit. What, would you, what tier would you put Case Keenum? I'd take Case, Case Keenum over Baker Mayfield. Baker Mayfield is tier three. Um, yeah. Case Keenum, he's tier three. But from what I've seen from Case Keenum, he can be tier two. Like when he got Minnesota made that run in the playoffs. I wouldn't say borderline tier one. I wouldn't say that just because I haven't seen enough of Case Keenan of like really high level good football. I see you see high level football from him, but that's why I say Mm. tier two at best. That's why the Vikings felt that's why the Vikings let him go after the whole Minnesota miracle. It's because they felt like, oh well, we did this with Case Keenum and we got to the NFC Championship game. Just imagine if we get a quarterback who's a borderline tier one, who's a tier two borderline. T- they, they, that's what they thought that was Kirk. They thought Kirk was almost borderline tier one. Wrong, but you know that's what they thought. That's why they. That's why. That's why the Vikings let Case Keenum go. I think that was a bad decision. I oh, it was a horrible decision. Was I think Case Keenum was balling Loki. If it a. I'm telling you now, Cleveland Browns, I know you want to be loyal to Baker. Baker's trying to try to get his money. I'm telling you, Case Keenum, he's the answer. Case Keenum is the answer. He is the answer. Actually, I think I'm being unfair. Baker is a tier two man. He's not tier three. He's tier three. He's mm. he's in the same boat with the Carson Wentz and the Kirk Cousins. 
Because again, bro, nah, he was battling a lot of injuries. Though. I give him that. He was. Even if he wasn't battling injuries, he's still tier two to me. I I I haven't seen, I haven't seen what like what does tier two Baker Mayfield look like? Um. See. Mm. We don't know what that even looks like. Yeah. Well, what about what about last year? What, what, I mean, what, honestly, would you grade Baker's performance last year? Last year, after Odell went out, yeah. that was him. That was Baker starting to hit tier two. Starting to hit? You wouldn't say he's legitimate tier two. I would say no, no, no. He was tier three, and then he started elevating his game to tier two. So he was on the cusp of tier two. At by by the end of last year, when when they went out in the in the in the playoffs, he mm. was playing damn near at tier two level. But I'm not gonna put him in tier two level just because you're starting to play that way. You have to now show consistency. Oh, uh, okay, I'll agree with that because he was a borderline about to be benched. So hey, yeah, as I'm saying, yeah, you're right. You're he's right. tier three, but again, he's capable of elevating himself to tier two. Now, if he would have continued what he did at the second half of last season into this season and, and continued that play, oh, yeah, I'll be like, oh, yeah, Baker's tier two for sure. He's definitely tier two. But as we yeah. saw, he regressed. Even, with the, even before the injuries, he still regressed. He still went back to what Baker is, and he's a tier three. Yeah, I mean, if you put him in tier three, I would say he's upper crust because he he does show flashes of man, this guy is good. He shows he shows flashes of the pan a couple of times. Yeah, because um, I I did watch some Cleveland games. He has let me down a little bit. I'm not a Cleveland fan, but um, I low key like Baker. Um, but if you put him in tier three, I would say he's like the upper crust of tier three quarterbacks. Um, I mean, I I think he's substantially better. Then I like a tier three quarterback. I would put, um, who, besides like <laughs> Daniel Jones. Ooh, um, no, 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 no. <laughs> and I, you already, I mean, you you heard my last episode, so I, I didn't go yeah. too much into Daniel Jones. I was just, I was talking yeah. about the Giants overall, but that's why I say as a Giants, that's how I feel about Daniel Jones. Mm. I would take knowing what Kirk Cousins is, mm. knowing what Carson Wentz is. I just want to see progression. I'm all about progression in my life in mm-hmm. general, no matter what, as long as you're getting better, I won't judge. I'll just say, Oh, they're getting better. You're showing progression, whether it's me mm-hmm. or anyone else, as long as you're doing better than what you were doing before, I'm all for it. Kirk cousins, Carson Wentz. I would gladly take them over Daniel Jones. Gladly, yeah. gladly. They'd be like, hmm, uh, give us Daniel Jones and a pick, and a, a third-round pick, and we'll give you Carson Wentz or Kirk Cousins. I would be, I'd be on top of a soapbox. Giants, if you do not do that right now, if you do not do that right now, I will disown you. <laughs> I would say Carson Wentz would be a better deal because, again, with Kirk Cousins, you got to pay him tier one money. Oh yeah, that whole so, money uh, thing. And actually, um, they were talking about that too after the game. 
about the Cowboys and mm. that money thing. That's and you're right. That that money thing is a big deal because and they mentioned it. They was like, "Hey man, you got about two hundred fifty million dollars just between two players alone, between Zeke and Dak. That's almost two hundred fifty million dollars right there." Yeah, and, and it's not producing Super Bowl. And you and you can't even get to the NFC Championship game between two hundred fifty million dollars, and you can't. And we can't at least say, well, we we expect to see them playing against the Packers or the Bucks in the NFC Championship game. They might not get to the Super Bowl, but we expect to. We at the beginning of the season or even midseason, no matter what. When when someone says the Bucks, they're gonna say okay, either Super Bowl or NFC Championship game. When people yeah. say the Packers, they might not say Super Bowl, but they'll definitely say NFC Championship game. For sure. You know what I'm saying? We can't even say that with the Cowboys, and that's 250 million dollars between two players. And Abe, uh, the owner, I think his name was Jerry Jones, right? The owner, the GM owner, or whatever. He even told Dak to his face, he's like, I overpaid you, but take your money, but know that I overpaid you. You're and lying. He, he didn't say that. He did. I, I'm not, I, he, he really did. I'm not just talking out of my butt. You know, he for real said that. And Dak started out okay. He actually had an okay season. Like, uh, I, I don't think he played bad. I think he, for, for the most part, as far as his numbers, is pretty decent not the upper tier of, I guess quarterback play I guess but you know kind of like Trayvon Diggs it's like you get 11 picks but you lead the league in yards <laughs> oh even up. that's another good question the the Cowboys yeah. just have their whole situation jacked up Zeke is getting paid a ridiculous amount of money Demarcus mm-hmm. Lawrence the, the defensive end yeah. He's getting paid a ridiculous amount of money. Now, Trayvon Diggs gets 11 interceptions. He's going to start saying, uh, I need uh, the number one cornerback contract in the league. He's hey. going to be like, I need Xavier Howard. I need Jalen Ramsey money now. Yeah. I, need, I need that Namdi Asamoah contract now. Yeah. And it's like, bro, the Cowboys are in a bad spot, bro. And now that you say that, and you mentioned Jerry Jones, I think Jerry Jones has cultivated that that culture. Right now, these mm-hmm. guys, they, they prove themselves for one year, two years. I get it. I get it. I get it. You, you As a football player, you got to get your money because you don't know mm-hmm. when's your last game. I get yeah. it. But it's like, Bro, y'all need to implement some Patriot uh, policies or something like that. Oh, you're, you're good? Broke. Yeah, everybody's broke. What? Everybody's broke. If you make more money than the, than the coach, you got to go. No. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I mean, this this is the first year they actually been like, okay, we'll let a couple players make more than the coach. Maybe. And those are like free agents. <laughs> you Patriot know what I'm saying? Stingy. Go get the water boy from like high school and throw him on the team before they pay somebody money. Exactly. <laughs> They're still just paying money. <laughs> exactly. And the Cowboys are gonna have to implement some of that because, bro, two hundred fifty million dollars just between Dak and Zeke, and that's not even including Demarcus Lawrence. 
that's that's close to three fifty right there. Well, they gotta pay Michael Parsons, and then they're gonna have to pay. Well, he's still on the rookie contract. So what? That's what three years. But I'm pretty yeah, sure after he's, he's, next year he's gonna hold him out. Well, they, man, man, the Cowboys are in trouble, bro. The, hey. I think they were cursed when they got, to me, I think Romo got scapegoated, in, in my opinion. I think Romo is, is a tier one quarterback. He never really had a running game until I think his, mm. what was it, 2016? When they had, had DeMarco Murray, they had a running game. Yeah, and he, but he made the playoffs at least. Yeah, they made the playoffs. That was the year when uh, the whole Des Bryant controversial catch. Yeah, the catch thing. Yeah, yeah. They, I mean, they were competitive. They were, I mean, I would say they were legitimate Super Bowl contenders that year. Bro, now I'm even thinking about it more. You're going to have to pay Micah Parsons. You're going to have to pay Trayvon mm-hmm. Diggs. You're going to have to pay mm-hmm. CeeDee Lamb. Yeah. The Cowboys are in trouble. This is going to blow up. This is going to blow up big. This is going to be a... A bad situation. They gotta get rid of somebody. This is gonna be a bad, bad situation. Someone's gonna get let go. I say scrap Dak. That's not gonna happen. I know. I'm just saying, scrap them both and start start off fresh. Let's all right. Let's talk more realistic. Mm -hmm. You're not gonna scrap scrap Dak. That's just not gonna happen. Yeah. The only way you can scrap Dak is if you're gonna be like if they're gonna get like Russell Wilson in return, and that's not gonna happen. Russell doesn't want to go yeah. to the Cowboys, I believe. So, Dak is staying. Scrapping Deke is more realistic. Yeah, Zeke, Zeke, he's borderline on the tropics. They paid him, and he got his money. And he, I would still say this year's lackluster performance based on the money. Uh, so, Zeke is, I would say, on the chopping block. CD Lamb, I think, is safe. I think he earned every. I mean, see, you got to pay him. I think he had a thousand um, yards for the season, so he's yeah. Like, I mean, he earned he earned the money. He he performed. Um, I don't know. I mean, Diggs. The only thing about Diggs will be a hard sell is he just gave he, he bro, gave up so many yards. Bro, he's gonna he's gonna want that contract. <laughs> yeah. He's gonna want that yeah. contract. What 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 is what? I don't know if you know or not. What is like? The what is the standard right now? The gold standard for cornerback contracts. Do you know? Like, what's the what's the total number? Is it like sixty? Yeah, I mean, like it's so it's based on so for like give, give me like a year like a three year contract to you like what, what do you, it depends on the number of years. So, uh, what's the do you have you been keeping up with any of it? Like, do you know what's the most recent big contracts that have been signed by corners? I looked at it in the beginning of the season. A lot of that, what I based off of, as like, it was Darrell Revis. So the numbers may be skewed. Oh, they're definitely oh. skewed because that was that was a while ago. Yeah, yeah. So I look at. I think I think Xavier Howard is probably the last corner to sign a big contract. I think he signed what his. What about after- Jalen Ramsey? Because I, I thought I th- Jalen Ramsey got paid. He did, but I think Xavier Howard got paid after Jalen Ramsey, which made Xavier Howard the top paid corner. Mm. Um, I believe. But again, Xavier Howard 
he has multiple seasons, well, a couple seasons over eight interceptions, I mm. believe, at least over six. Um, I mean, he's still tops in business. He's just been on the boo boo teams. Five years, seventy five mil. That's pretty good. That's quarterback money, borderline. That's pretty good. That's quarterback money. Nah, if it was five years, seventy five. Five years, yeah, we'll, five we'll, years, one forty would probably be. That would that would be the, we'll, the typical. Russell got an eighty seven million dollar contract. How long? How many years was that though? That was like what three four years ago. Yeah, but how many? What was what was the contract? It was eighty seven mil for how many years? About three or four years. Three years. Three, so I mean, years. I, based on that, that's borderline quarterback money. Hmm. Because that. Yeah, but I think Kirk, Kirk Cousins really changed the game now. Because the other guy is getting stupid money on the Saints, and he wasn't even a starter. Jalen beat him out. So Jalen's contract is five years, a hundred. That's quarterback money. The only reason why I say is not. It, I mean, yeah, yeah. Well. I'm going off of I mean, I'm, go, I'm, go, I'm, I'm going off of Dak's contract. To me, <laughs> what's Dak? What's Dak? Dak's is like four or five years, 140. That's because I think Car- and Carson Wentz had this had a similar contract, just to just like uh, around that 140 number. All right, so exclude exclude Patrick Mahomes. Who's getting more money than Dak? Um, Josh Allen. So. So Dak Prescott's contract is four years, one hundred and sixty. So mm-hmm. his, his is still a little bit higher. Um, mm-hmm. But Josh Allen, he's got like a, I think his year is like five or six years for like two two fifty. Are you serious? I didn't even know that. Yeah, I didn't know that he signed it at the beginning of the season. They were like, we're just gonna we're just gonna give him, give him his money and give him his they contract. Jumped the gun early. The only reason why I say they didn't jump the gun is because. For one, it's they didn't jump the gun because the Chiefs already gave Patrick his contract. Yeah. His four hundred plus for ten years. But again, I think me and you talked about this too. It kinda mm-hmm. evens out. Because yeah. every year the salary crap is going up. If you already have him locked in for a set number while the salary cap is going up, you're gonna have more money in the long run to make deals in the long run to where you don't have to necessarily worry about your co- your quarterback contract. That's out the way. Yeah. Uh, Josh Allen's contract, it's a big contract. It's a huge contract. But mm-hmm. you're paying him and so his is six years 258. <laughs> Damn. Damn. I, just, dude, I just don't know too many guys in the league making $100 million bro, in their contract regardless of the position. But see, okay, if you're a starting quarterback in the league, you're gonna get about a hundred. If you're a not 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 just a starter, if you're a starting quarterback, that to me, a starting quarterback, a, a competent starting quarterback who deserves money because of what they can do for you on the field, that line starts with me with Jimmy Garoppolo. So when I say that, uh, and I'm pretty sure there's a bunch of people that are going to be like, what is this guy talking about? Just, you know, I'm a mad scientist when I'm thinking about it. I, I, I try to put things together in my head when oh, I'm talking. Oh, you're good. I mean, I can follow the logic. Um, Garoppolo is a competent quarterback. So, Kirk Cousins' deal is $84 millions for three years. 
Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, Jimmy Garoppolo. His contract is. Oh, he has actually a decent contract. It's actually only one year, 26, 26 for the year. It's not bad. That's pretty good. But, okay, so, again, to that point, if he's getting paid 26 a year, if he has a five-year contract, that's about 100, that's a little over 100 mil. So, yeah, yeah Jalen Ramsey's contract is a, is, a, is a competent, standard, starting quarterback position contract. Where if you have a quarterback that you like and you feel good about as a franchise, you want to pay him 100 mil at least. Just so you can be like, here, here's your 100 for four to five years. Here's your 100 mil. Here's your 120. You're good. Now we're going to worry about all the other parts of the team. But we have a but, quarterback uh, that we feel good up, about. Though, but if you don't feel about up, your quarterback, you don't pay him 100 mil. But see, look, Baker Mayfield, now, mm-hmm. Baker Mayfield's contract is about to be up. Do mm-hmm. you, would you, if you was the general manager of the Cleveland Browns, and you, even though you're not a Cleveland Browns fan, but just say, yeah. just say you actually have the responsibility of a team like having to make results and, and, and show themselves in the league and try to get to the playoffs at least. Be a playoff competent team. Mm-hmm. And the decision was in your hands. And ba- and you're sitting at the table with Baker Mayfield. Mm. Would you be even open to the idea of giving him $100 million? With my mind, absolutely not. But exactly, exactly. Well, that, that's what but, I'm saying. But, but if you look at the thing, is his agent would argue is like, if I was an agent, I would always bring up Kirk Cousins. Always, always bring up Kirk Cousins because look, how many playoff games has Kirk Cousins won? I don't think he's won any games. I don't think. I, I think maybe one, or I think maybe one, if that. And he got paid, and he's getting paid. Hey, well, you said eighty-four million for three years. That's borderline. I mean, a five-year contract it will take him over a hundred million. So, Kirk Cousins isn't substantially better than Baker. So, if like I said, should Cleveland pay him a hundred million dollar contract? No, but. Mm-hmm. Based on Kirk Cousins and what Dak is getting and other quarterbacks are getting, I mean, if he somehow gets it on another team or if Cleveland does pay him, I wouldn't be that surprised either. Based because I think Kirk Cousins really uplifted the standard on what quarterbacks are being paid. And okay, then but the see, Patrick Mahomes this, thing blew it out the water. This is the thing. This is the thing. This is the thing. Yes, Kirk has a great agent. His agent is A1. His agent should literally. If you go to church, his agent should have a seat next to the preacher. Yes. Okay? When Before the preacher says anything, he should look back over his shoulder and look at the agent and be like, is this okay? Be like, yes, it's okay <laughs> to say this. God is good. <laughs> okay? <laughs> this is the thing. 
Kirk was able to sell himself, even though he had no playoff wins. This, this is the thing that people, when people say, oh, Kirk is so trash, Kirk is so trash. Yes, Kirk is, you wouldn't, you wouldn't put all your faith in saying my team is the top team and we're Super Bowl bound and in all this in play or playoff bound with with Kirk as our quarterback. This is the thing though. Yeah. He didn't get paid because of his playoff wins. He didn't get and this is why I tell everybody. He didn't get paid for playoff wins. He didn't get paid because they felt as though because because he's proven that he can carry a team. So when people be like Kirk is trash, Kirk is trash. Kirk is trash depending on how you look at it. It's depending on how you look at it. If you want mm-hmm. wins, playoff wins, Super Bowl contention, no, Kirk is not your guy. But guess what? Every year he has one, if not two receivers who are getting a thousand yards, period. Yep. Kirk is going to put up the numbers. He got paid that 84 mil, that three years, 84 mil. When he left the Redskins, he got that number because he was putting up numbers. So when people say Kirk is trash, it's like, yeah, okay. He's not going to win you a playoff game, but you can't say he's trash because he's still putting up numbers. It's just not equating to wins. It's like so Zach, you, it's like Zach Levine playing for the Chicago Bulls and, and averaging twenty seven points a game, but the Bulls are like twenty and sixty. It's like, okay, but is Zach trash? No, he's putting up yeah, numbers. No, he's, he's on a bad trash. team. He's not going to carry your team. Is Kyrie Irving on the Cleveland Cavaliers? They didn't win nothing. But you're going to say Kyrie is trash because he couldn't get them to the playoffs? No. So when people say Kirk is trash, it's like, I hear where you're coming from, but he's not trash because he's going to put up the numbers. That's why I say, as a Giants fan, I'd take Kirk Cousins happily. I would take him happily because at least I know that offense is going to at least do more. Th- Bro, Daniel Jones hasn't even. <sighs> Bro, <laughs> I would take Kirk well, Cousins because at what, least what I would know would that. You take Kirk Cousins, though, bro? What price tag would you take him on the Giants? That's the question. I would take said, Kirk look, Cousins at the same price tag he is now. So you would sign him a three-year deal for $84 million for the Giants? No problem. Give him the money. Done deal, no worries. Done deal, no worries. I'm Because at that point, I'm lowballing him. And yeah, you got to lowball people. But no, like it's like, okay, they they want the car at, at, at 50000 so you lowball them at thirty. But you know it's a sports package, and you're gonna get certain features with it. You know it's worth fifty, so just give him the fifty and be get the hell out, get out of my office, give him his money. You 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 signed Kenny Galladay to a a ninety million dollar contract. You got uh you got Kadarius Tony. You got Sterling mm-hmm. Shepard. You got Ingram. You got Kyle Rudolph. You got Saquon Barkley. At least if you give put Cousins in there. At least the ninety million dollar receiver is going to get his thousand yards, so at least he would be worth his ninety million dollars. If you I'll have, give you this. if you have Daniel Jones in there, I don't think Kenny Galladay even broke seven hundred. I'm not. Yeah, even, I'm, not right. I'm not even going to look up the stats. I don't even want to. Just, you, don't I mean, wanna, you don't want to. You don't want to look. You don't want to look up at the score, as Drake would say. You don't want to look. 
There's, there's no point. But at least I know that as a as a a professional football team, when I know if I have a legit wide receiver, he's getting his thousand yards. If I have a legit number two, he's at least getting eight hundred. If I have a a a, a a a tight end, a legit tight end, he's getting about eight hundred. At least I know. And you put cousins in there. At least you know what you got with the other pieces around you. That's what yeah. I'm paying for. I'll give you that. You know what? I'll give you that. I think that Jimmy Garoppolo wasn't the right example to use as the par quarterback play where the quarterback is good enough where you know for sure he's not going to lose you the football game. Kirk Cousins is that. But the, the only issue is, is that price tag now for that type of quarterback $100 million plus? Is that what if, that is now? If so, I pay Jimmy, I'm paying Jimmy because I want to win. Now, yeah. do I? Th- Jimmy's already gotten to the Super Bowl. Yeah, Jimmy has Jimmy's shown. A I mean, Jimmy's a winner. Jimmy's a winner. He he's definitely over five hundred in career wins. Period between 49ers and yeah. the Patriots, he's over five hundred. Jimmy's a winner. He doesn't. He doesn't know what a losing season is. Yeah. He's like losing season. What is that? What? Two four two and fourteen four and twelve. What is? I don't. I don't know. I don't know what that feels like. <laughs> I don't know what poverty yeah. is. Yeah. If you pay Jimmy, you're paying Jimmy for winning. You're not paying Jimmy right. for numbers. You're not paying Jimmy because he's gonna get Matthew Stafford numbers. He's gonna get five thousand yards, throw for forty touchdowns to a ten interception mm-hmm. ratio. You're not paying Jimmy for that. You're going to pay Kirk for that, but you're not going to pay Jimmy for that. You're going to pay Kirk for the numbers. He's going Because t- when he sits down at the table with you, he's going to be like, look, I just got 4,400 yards this past season. I threw for 30 touchdowns and 15, interse- and 15 interceptions this past season. So you got to pay him. You got to pay him. Like, yeah, I'm because pro numbers. I'm number, a pro bowler. Yeah, numbers-wise, I'm putting up numbers this past season. Perfect example. <laughs> 4,200 yards, 33 touchdowns, seven interceptions. But guess what? We still say Kirk Cousins is trash, even though with these numbers, you would think that you have a quarterback that can get you to the NFC championship game. 4,200 yards, 33 touchdowns to seven interceptions. That's Pro Bowl. But yet he's trash. Why is that? Because he's not winning. <laughs> exactly. And that's why when people say these things to me, and I'd be like, what are you talking about? They'd be like, bro, you tripping. You don't understand. Like, bro, I do understand. You're paying Kirk Cousins three three years, 84 mil, because he's going to give you these numbers. <laughs> he has never failed oh, yeah. to produce these numbers. <laughs> the year before, 4,200 yards, 35 touchdowns, 13 interceptions. The year before, 3,600 yards, 26 touchdowns, 6 interceptions. What? He's going to give you numbers. He's not going to give you wins. You're going to be a 500 team with Kirk Cousins, but he's going to give you numbers. He's going to give you Pro Bowl numbers. If you if that's what you that's what you pay Kirk for. You pay Jimmy cuz Jimmy's going to have 2500 yards, <laughs> 15 touchdowns and five interceptions. <laughs> but he's going to get Maybe. you to the Super Bowl. <laughs> Back. He's going to get you Some to the Super Bowl. Shanahan. Some of that's Shanahan. Yeah, Shanahan. But, you know, but Jimmy is a, but 
you can put men, you can put quarterbacks in that same position that Jimmy is in, and they're still mm-hmm. going to produce, but they might not produce to Jimmy's level. You can put Kirk in that same system. He's probably going to get you the numbers, but that might not result to wins. Jimmy's going to get you the wins. And Shanahan will break a clipboard over his helmet if he had a Kirk Cousins in there. <laughs> because, hey, Kirk is going to get you numbers. He's going to have Debo's going to get 1,000 yards. Kill's going to get 1,000 yards. The number two receiver's going to get 1,000 yards. But they're not going to be in the playoffs. <laughs> With Jimmy, your number one receiver might get 1,000 yards. But your tight end might get 800. Your number two might get 500. <laughs> but you're going to be in the playoffs. Yeah. Believe it. You're not going to get your numbers, so don't expect to get any incentives. <laughs> don't expect to be getting any game incentives if you get this amount of catches. And you're not going to. That's not going to happen. But you will be in the playoffs. Believe it. Yeah. I, I, so, I agree. so people be so one-dimensional with their thinking, and I, yeah. I've had this argument with a lot of our friends. They'd be like, man, mm. Kirk Cousins is trash. And I'm just sitting here like, damn, they really think he is trash. They're like, I, I be sitting there trying to defend Kirk Cousins, defend Dak Prescott. And they'd be like, bro, he's trash, he's trash. I'm like, bro, like, do you expect everyone to be Aaron Rodgers? Like, what the? Do you expect <laughs> everyone to be Tom Brady? No, there's different levels to this. He's just not clutch at all. He just, he just is your... It, if, if I'm in the NBA... And I have LeBron James, and okay, LeBron James is on this team. You know what you're going to get. But if I go and I get Bradley Beal on this other team, and he's scoring 30, I still might not expect to get into the playoffs. Yeah. I might be a 500 team, but I'm not going to say Bradley Beal sucks. I would I would be damned to say that. He doesn't. I mean, he's, yeah. Yeah, I, I, the only thing that would, kind of gives him a leg to stand on or two is Kirk Cousins' money. And then when you actually watch the game, he's just not clutch. He doesn't make the big throw. He Usually it's a letdown. Um, he's just not going to win you the game. So when you're actually watching, his good numbers is almost irrelevant because we're, we're, it's a zero-sum game in the NFL as far as what we look at. It's yeah, like, it's... Same with Matt Ryan. He gets a lot of numbers in garbage time. But in the big moment, that's what people look at. Like, Jimmy G usually comes through in the clutch for the most part. He's not like, you know, him a Big Ben. He usually comes through in the clutch for the most part. Um, you know, winning quarterbacks. I would even more so say Tebow in an extreme case. Like, if the game is on the line, I actually would be pretty confident with Tebow somehow making the game-winning throw. He may have 80 yards the whole game. But that 80 yards will come from the last drive to score. Like, some people are just born winner. Now, see, you, 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 well, I was going to say, you're on, you're on your own with that Tebow comment. But I see where <laughs> you're going with it. I, I, see, I see the faith, and I see the virtue in what you're saying. <laughs> mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm not going to be like, you know, like no, I, I get where you're going with that. Mm. But again, to that point, to... People are so, oh, he's trash. Oh, this. I, I always take offense to when people talk like that. Yeah. Because unless you're, unless this person is Daniel Jones, then I'm be like, what are you talking about? 
how is this person trash? Like, at least he's not Daniel Jones. Be happy. Shut up. <laughs> like, that's that's my thought process. What? Like, if Daniel Jones threw for 4,200 yards, 33 touchdowns, and seven interceptions. Oh, he's I a might... king of New York. Bro. He's a king of New York for real. Bro. Maybe not the king, but as a Giants fan, I'd be like, now at this point, we just need to upgrade to a winning quarterback. The problem with Daniel Jones is he don't win and he don't put up numbers. So now you're super trash. You are at the bottom of the barrel. <laughs> okay? Oh, man. You are really trash. So when people say Kirk Cousins trash, it's like, no. You Have you ever heard of a guy named Daniel Jones? No? Look him up. It's not all Daniel's fault, but... Bro. When people say, people be like, that Prescott, he's... Doc Prescott is trash. It's like, bro, what are you talking about? At least you could, at least with Dak Prescott, you know you're gonna be in. You you'll probably be in the playoffs. You're gonna lose first round, but at least you'd be in the playoffs. <laughs> Playoff contingent, at least, yeah. At least. So how's Dak Prescott trash? Like when people talk. First of all, a lot of people that say stuff like this be people where it's like, bro, you've never. You you. And this is me coming from an athlete's perspective. Yeah. A lot of people that talk like a certain way when they be talking, I'd be like, bro, now it's not everyone. There's other athletes who I get into arguments with that be saying that Kirk Cousins is trash. But I'd be like, bro, like, if you ha- have you ever been the best athlete or the best player on your team ever in life? Mm-hmm. And if you have, you understand the levels to it. You understand what, the, what the big deterrence the money though, bro. I think that's what a lot of people look at it. Just the money. So do you think people if think money equals win? Nah, people have been saying that Prescott that Prescott was trash and he didn't deserve the money before he even got the contract. So Well, did he deserve one sixty? If you're a starting a competent starting quarterback in the league, uh, hence again, what I said before. If you're a competent, he's competent. He's not going to win you games, but he's competent. At least when you put him back there, you know you have a quarterback back there. (laughs) 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 At least. (laughs) At least. Oh, man. Yeah, I guess guess that's what you're... The price point is for a a competent quarterback is around $25 a year. That's where it starts. 25 million a year, that's the money you give to the quarterback. If the if the person that you're gonna pay is a legit quarterback, whether that be either he's gonna put up in the numbers category or he's gonna put up in the wins category. That's what you get paid on. Either you it results to wins, which is which should which outweighs the numbers. But when they sit at that table, it's like, bro, would you gonna pay me under 25 million, motherfucker? Sorry. <laughs> I I've averaged four thousand yards for the past seven seasons with a with a twenty five with a with with a twenty to ten touchdown interception ratio. How are you not gonna pay me under tw- how you how you even can even think that you're gonna pay me under twenty five mil? Go ahead and get Brock Osweiler. How about that? Go ahead. Brock I dare Osweiler. you. <laughs> I double dare you. <laughs> I triple dog dare you. Matter of fact, imagine Kirk Cousins' agent saying this. Exactly. That's probably what he said. He was like, you know what? If you don't think Kirk is worth 25 mil, 
when he's been averaging 4,000 yards with a 30 to 7 touchdown to interception ratio. If you don't think that he's worth 25 mil Vikings, then here, here's my card. And when you have a better candidate, give me a call. <laughs> Brock Osweiler. Go ahead. Call Brock Osweiler. I'm pretty sure he would be delighted to take the contract that you're willing to give Kirk Cousins. <laughs> he would be delighted. Go ahead. Call Jay Cutler. Go ahead. Go ahead. Here. I have his number. Want it? I can call him right now. Let's FaceTime him. Hey, Jay. How are you? Where are you at? Are oh, you drinking a beer, feeding your dog, walking your dog outside? Hey, the Vikings want to give you a contract five years for $50 million. You want to take it? You want to take it? Huh, Jay? Come on. You're just feeding your dog in the middle of nowhere. Go ahead. Oh, yeah. my God. Yeah. Yeah. $25 million. If you If you're getting paid, there's no starting quarterback that a franchise is moving forward with that is getting paid under 25, under 25 mil. That's just not happening. It's just not. It's just not. And that's the problem with Baker Mayfield. He's not worth 25 mil a year. Well, he's not worth 100. Because if they sign, if they sign Baker Mayfield, unless they sign him for a... They're not going to sign him for a one year. You can't. They're going to be extending him. If they extend him, that's at least three years. So unless he's going to take a team-friendly deal and take, what, 20? So what, it'll be three years, 60? Four years, 80? Mm. Unless he's willing to take that. If he, if he would have been like, no, I, wanna, I want 25, he'd be like, um, man, I really, wanted to, I really wanted to work out, but I'm sorry, can't do it. Can't do it. Yeah, he's definitely on the borderline, man. Um, I, I mean, I, I put, I mean, the thing is, I think Baker has the potential to win you the game, but again, he hasn't consistently shown it, so I can't say like. I mean, I put, I mean, Baker and Kirk are about in the same tier, man. As far as performance at the end result like yeah I mean I don't know I don't think he's going to get a, his, his contract that he wants um, but he like, I, I do believe the injuries did play a part with Baker Mayfield and Cleveland if you have the pieces they have a great running game I think they have the best running back tandem in the league arguably um, but yeah man I, I uh, sorry I, I, I know I'm being selfish with this conversation I truly do apologize I'm not trying to be a toxic person <laughs> But I was I was talking to a coworker, uh, mm. this lady at my job. She's a big Patriots fan, and somewhere down the line, I forgot how it ended up coming to this. But I, we was talking about the Cleveland Browns, and then I I was like, you know what would be dope if Kareem Hunt left the Cleveland Browns and went to another team and actually became the featured back. And I was like, I would love Kareem Hunt in the Giants at the Giants. Why? Because I have Saquon Barkley. What does that mean? I don't know. He can't run between the tackles. He's literally Reggie Bush. Hmm. Saquon Barkley is Reggie Bush. 
when Reggie came into the league, he had a big splash with the New Orleans Saints. And then we saw what Reggie was. And it was like, this is not top tier running back play that I would want from my running back. And that's why I'm getting Saquon Barkley. I would love Kareem Hunt. Put Kareem Hunt in the New York Giants jersey, I'm sold. I'm hmm. sold. I want Kareem Hunt in the he's he's already proven that he could be the number one running back on any so team. You, so you don't so you're not sold on Saquon. No. He had one good hmm. year. Okay. He had a thousand and a thousand. Okay. Okay. Fine. Injury. Okay, that happens. Christian Christian McCaffrey, he he was injured too. But who would I take? Christian McCaffrey or Saquon Barkley? I'm taking Christian McCaffrey. At least I know Christian McCaffrey can run through the run between the tackles. I don't know if I'm I don't know if I can close on that one. Bro, what? I watched some Giants games. I, what do you mean by running between the tight? Like, you talking mean, about being finesse? I mean that, okay, Christian McCaffrey's what? 5'10", 200, 5'11", 200, maybe 210 at the most? Yeah. Probably 205. Um, eh, he's probably 200. I'm 200, so I'm pretty sure he's probably like 210. Um... I can give Christian McCaffrey the ball 20 to 25 times a game. Get, and he's getting, he's getting running back yards. Whether that means he's running through the A gap, running through the B gap, or running on a sweep. He's going to go in between the tackles, get two yards, get three yards, get five yards, get two yards, get five yards, bust one out to the, bust one out to the left, bust one wide to the right. Get another five yards, another 10 yards. I can expect to give him the ball and get just like Derrick Henry. Just give him the ball, run up the gut. That's what I want my running back to be. Give him the ball, run up the gut. Three yards, four yards, five yards, eight yards, five yards, three yards, eight yards. You're saying Saquon isn't that. He's not that. What is he? He's just he's he's just an athlete on the field, really. What? He's just an af- bro. I'm 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 not even trying to joke. He's just an athlete on the field. He's he's Alvin Kamara minus, but I would still take Alvin Kamara over Saquon Barkley because I've seen Alvin Kamara just get dirty yards. Saquon doesn't get dirty yards. All the run look look at the look at the Patriots. There's no running back on the Patriots that you're like, man. He's just this crazy athlete. And you, you give him the ball, he's so electrifying, and he can go for 80. They yeah, don't man. have that running back on the Patriots. But the Patriots have one of the best rushing attacks in the league because they put the ball in the running back's gut, and he runs up the middle, and he's moving the pile, and he's getting four yards a pop, four yards a pop, five yards a pop, six yards a pop whether it be Harris, Stevenson, or Bolden. They're putting it in the, in the running back's belly, and the running back's doing what he's supposed to do. He's getting in there, getting those four yards, getting those five yards, getting those four yards. 
If a running back isn't getting four yards, four yards a carry, then what do we say? He's not a good running back, right? A running back has to at least yeah, be getting. Thing, well, you got to, you got to, there's a lot of stuff that goes into like, for a perfect example, Devontae Freeman on Atlanta. Under mm-hmm. Shanahan, Devontae Freeman was a pro bowler. He was sick. He's ridiculous. Shanahan leaves. Oh, you got to get rid of Devontae Freeman. He's not good anymore. He lost a step. It's a lot of it is play calling when they call running plays. Um, and then blocking is a lot of it. So I, if you put Saquon Barkley on uh, the 49ers, I think it's going to be ridiculous. I think it's going to be crazy. People are going to be second coming of all right. Walter Payton or something. All right. So that's all good, fine and dandy. But that's like saying put Christian McCaffrey on the 49ers or Alvin Kamara on the 49ers. Be ridiculous too. But see, that's the thing, though. I feel more confident in saying Walter Payton, <laughs> even though you shouldn't be confident with saying that, but yeah. I can be like, oh, man, Christian McCaffrey on the 49ers is ridiculous. Alvin Kamara on the 49ers would be ridiculous. But with Saquon, but just, just now note this. The Giants do have a terrible line. So it's like, what yeah. can Saquon do? I get it, bro. So maybe it's kind of like that whole trying to overcompensate. Your line is bad, so I'm not going to run between the tackles. I'm just going to bounce it outside every time. Bro, he'll he'll take a running play that's supposed to go straight up the gut. He'll get the ball in his his stomach and just, nope, screw this. I'm going to break left, break right. Exactly. When's the last time, who was the last successful running back the New York Giants had? Before Saquon. Pure featured back, he was just dominating. He Tiki. We know how long ago that was? That was a long time ago. <laughs> but the Giants have been bad for a long time. So what you're trying to say, I get where you're trying to go, but none of that conversation has merit because the Giants have just been bad for a while. I, my point is no run. I mean... It, Whatever reason Without we can't a get a good line, back. no running back is going to be successful under the Giants regime. Uh, maybe that's the case. Maybe it's just Saquon. I think that's what it is. I, I haven't given up. I think Saquon. I haven't given up on Saquon yet. I bro, think he I, has bro, talent. I like Saquon. Bro, he when I watch Saquon highlights, I'm like, yo, this is legit. Mm-hmm. But it's like at the same time too, it's like I saw this when I when I bro, I saw this. When I watched him in college, he's literally, he plays like a small back. He plays like he's 5'10", 200 pounds. But he's six foot, whatever, 230. I should be able to I give him. him. No. I should be able to give him the ball. And no matter what, at least he's getting three yards a pop. In the Running up the gut, three yards a pop. You got a bad line? Whatever. Nah, not on the Giants. It's worse than bad. All right. So, with again, with that being the case, maybe I'm not looking at it. I'm looking at it from a skewed emotional view. I'll take that. That could be. I'll take that. But that's why I said I'll take Cream Hunt over Saquon Barkley at this point. Why? Because, hey, also, these are the reasons. They took him number two overall. 
You shouldn't do that. Well, I'm not saying you shouldn't do that. But the last running back that was selected that high, who was truly worth the money, was Adrian Peterson. And that was a long time yeah. ago. And he was taking six. That was the last time a running back selected that high panned out. Mm. You selected him number two. So I'm already having a grudge against him. Because <laughs> he that was the same draft with Josh Allen in it. Now note this. Hey, man, Josh Allen could have been drafted by the Giants and because the, the Giants franchise is so horrible. Gi- Josh Allen, we, the Josh Allen we know today probably would never existed. Okay, every circumstance or scenario is different. Mm. But when I look at Saquon, I look at a guy who's, he's not going to run between the tackles. He's not going to get you dirty yards. You can put the ball in his stomach. He's going to run out to the, he's going to try to get to the sidelines and, and beat you with speed to the sidelines. He was doing that the year, he, his, the, his one great year, his rookie year. He was doing that then. But the reason why he was able to do it is because the people in the league didn't know what he was capable of. And then what happened? They locked in on him. And then what happened? He had the same crappy line that he did when he his for his rookie year. They weren't any better. I mean, the Giants have always yeah. had a bad line. So it's like, okay, what happened? The the league figured out Saquon. Oh, True, he's gonna then, try to bust it out. Tandem, but then you gotta also look at the line and then play calling is a definite like a big thing. And that's people overlook that. First and ten. You're in a single back formation, like bro. You're gonna like. I, I hate when Atlanta does this. The offensive corner straight trash. First and ten, you're gonna go with the run up up a gap or something. Like, are you thirty two die, forty two die? Like bro, it's so predictable. Then second down after you get no yards. Oh, okay, I'm gonna air it out. Then after you get your first down, okay, let's get back under things and run it up. That's so predictable. Shanahan, first and 10 at the beginning of the game. Oh, I'm going to go a deep ball, 70 yards. Then after that, let's, and then let's say you get a 20-yard completion, and he's going to throw it again, and then second and nine, he's going to run it. You know, he's so unpredictable. So when you, when you have the defense on its feet, the running back looks great. But you have horrible, predictable play calling. Oh, you put seven guys in the box. We look at the Giants' film, first down, 80% of the time they run, shoot, I'll take my chances. All-out blitz, put seven guys in the box and see what happens. Oh, man, Saquon can't run between the tackles. Oh, I mean, dude, every single time in a situation, you run the ball. You can zero in. You can make Barry Sanders look bad, which he probably can't. I'm just using it as an example. He'll probably, under the New York regime, look like garbage. The offensive coordinator was straight trash. And, and then on tandem with a horrible line, like, I, I mean, All right. I don't know what you so, want Saquon to so, do. So check this out, check this out, check this out. Devontae Booker, right? Mm-hmm. He also plays for the Giants, running back. He had 145 carries for 593 yards, 4.1 yards per carry. Mm-hmm. Right? Who's, have you ever heard of Devontae Booker? I have. You have? Okay. I have. Okay, so what would your if what would your assessment be of Devontae Booker? If Devontae Booker went to the went to the 49ers, he would be what? Jamal Lewis. Yeah. Oh wow. Okay. 
Because it's, it's not because I believe in him. It's because I believe in Shanahan. So again, he had 600 yards, 4.1 yards per carry, right? Mm-hmm. All right. Saquon Barkley, 162 carries, 593 mm-hmm. yards, 3.7 mm-hmm. yards per carry. Okay. Why would I? How could I? If it's the same boo-boo line and Devontae Booker is not as explosive and not as much of a a game-breaker as much as Saquon Barkley, why is Devontae Booker averaging more yards per carry? Though, yes, it's .4, but .4 is a lot. .4 is a lot. You're going to hate me when I answer this question. You're going to hate me like, damn, it's all good. you're probably right. Go ahead. I'm you want me? You ready? Mm-hmm. You're a defensive coordinator. Hmm. Saquon is lined up. What do you think is going to happen? He's in. He's in the huddle. What do you think is going to happen? Most. Of okay, the time? okay. 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 You, you got it. You see where I'm going with this? All right. So I was going to try to reinforce my argument with with Alvin Kamara. Okay. So Alvin Kamara. He had 240 carries, 898 yards, 3.7. He had the same amount of he was yards per carry was the exact same. Mm-hmm. Fair. All right, fair. Um, 47 catches for the year. I don't know if he was hurt for most of the year. I don't know, but again, like He's had, but again, you also had like Taysom Hill back there, so it's like. Mm-hmm. You, you know, the year before he had five five yards per carry. So, you know, it's a major drop off. Mm. But still, even with that said, it two hundred forty yards, eight hundred ninety eight. Well, eight hundred ninety eight yards, two hundred forty carries. Alvin Kamara, just watch how they run. That's all I'm saying. Just watch I how do. they watch how I they watch run. The same. I watch the same. You, Alvin Kamara, he's running between the tackles. Yeah. When you watch Saquon, he's not running between the tackles. That's all I'm trying to get to get to. That's it. I get he's it. not I running get, between I the tackles. What you're saying. I completely he's, understand. He's trying to outrun people to the sideline, and I, I don't to like the it. Same thing with the Devontae Freeman. But, dude, you got to look at, like, running back is, is heavily dependent on so many factors, bro. Like, Daniel Jones, uh, imagine you're lined up with Daniel Jones and shotgun, and the defensive corner is like, oh, my gosh, Daniel Jones is trash. Their best bet, third and long, they should probably hand it to Saquon over Daniel Jones because they might have a better chance of getting the first down then. When the team is that sorry, that dysfunctional. And then when Booker is in, Oh, they're most likely going to pass because if they were going to run the ball, they would have Saquon in. So we're going to defend the pass. Oh crap! Booker has the ball. Ten yard gain. First down. It's not. <laughs> I'm telling you, that's that's what it was, bro. Like Booker isn't a better runner. He just had better lanes because they were defenses. 
we're keying in on Saquon because he is the feature bat. If he's in, I mean, they're definitely not trying to really throw passes to him, really. If he's in, most likely he's going to get the ball. He's going to be involved in some way, form, or another. So, hmm, any bonehead can figure that out. Hmm, Saquon's in the game. They're probably going to run because Daniel Jones sucks at throwing. So I'm just going to stack a bunch of guys in the box, take my chances, and when they did that, they win. Alvin Kamara, they have a really great – I mean, Sean Payton is a great coach, tier one coach, hands down. And that's, so that even offsets it from the jump. Alvin Kamara, I do think Alvin Kamara, did, he's just better than Saquon now. I don't think it's close, but – New York Giants, dysfunctional from top to bottom. Um, I mean, key in on Saquon. If I was, if right, anybody fair. could be, go ahead. No, I say that's fair. I'm, I, I'm just a jaded Giants fan. That's all. That's fine. Yeah, just, you're fine. It's fine. Hey, everybody's like that. But you um, could be right, but I don't think we'll know until he's on another team. Yeah. Well, <laughs> we went on many tangents. <laughs> so I'm, I'm trying to I'm trying to wrap it up. Um, before we go, um, who do you want to see in the NFC Championship game? Who do you expect to see in the NFC Championship game and the AFC Championship game? Ooh. Hmm. Oh, well, you go first. You go first. I think it'll be the Packers and the Packers and the Bucks. Um, I think that's just that one's just gonna be a given. Uh, I don't see the Rams. Uh, you. They win tonight. I don't see them getting past either of those two teams. Um, AFC wise, I think it'll probably be the Bills. Uh, Bills Chiefs. It'll be the Bills Chiefs. Um, no, it's the Titans. Titans are a good football team. I've been under, underestimating them all year, so it, it could be one of them. But um, I wait. I don't know what the I don't I don't know if the Bengals are playing the Bills or if the Bengals are playing the Titans. The Bengals would be playing. I gotta look at that again. I have my. Where's my phone? Um, so the Bengals I thought was AFC, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's see, hold on. I'm just looking at the AFC playoff picture. Right now, how are we looking at it? It is okay. So yeah, Titans are number one, blah blah blah. Playoff bursts. It's not showing me who plays who right now. So they clinch division, they clinch division. I don't know. Um I think it's going to be the Titans and the Bills and Chiefs versus Bengals. I believe that's how it goes. Yeah, I think that's what's about to happen. I do think Cincinnati is an X-factor. Um, but I will agree with you, Green Bay, Tampa Bay. Um, just like last year. Um, so, yeah, the Bengals play the Titans. And the Bills play the okay. Chiefs. Oh, wow. So, with that being said, let me take a step back. Um, I think, because the 49ers will be playing the Packers, and mm. the winner of the Rams and Cardinals will probably be the Rams. The Rams will play the Bucks. 
Um, I think the Bucks will win, and I think the Packers will win. Um, in the AFC, the Bengals play the Titans, and the Bills play the Chiefs. So I think Titans will beat the Bengals, especially if Derrick Henry is playing. Uh, yeah. It's close. It'll be close. Uh, like I'm, I, it'll be close in in the essence of, I I I believe I don't think it'll be a close game. I either think the Bengals are gonna smash the Titans or the Titans are just gonna win. How the Titans? Are. I mean, just can't see it happening. That so Titans just think they got it. Um, um, I might. I believe I I say it'll be the it'll be the Titans and the Bills. Cause I, I think the, I think I think the Bills might beat the Chiefs, uh, so I think it'll be the Titans and the Bills. So mm. Titans, Bills, Packers, Bucks. I would agree. Actually, I would agree on Titans, Bills, but then I can't count out Shanahan, bro. So you think I don't want to count out the Bucks? Yet. It might be. I, I'm I, I just I don't I'm counting out I know Green Bay for sure is getting to the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. I just don't know what level they'll end. They're a mix because they don't have really a great defense. Uh it's just gonna be heavily relied on Aaron Rodgers working magic with Devontae Adams. Um not wrong. So I I'm not gonna actually I'm I'm gonna give Shannon I think Shanahan's coming in with a vengeance. I don't think that's really a Super Bowl caliber team, but I, I Shanahan and his daddy's gonna help him too. I'm gonna go, yeah. The two Shanahan, the two Shanahan duo, they might pull it out and make it. Um, yeah, well, I think 49ers. Um, I don't see the Bucks losing. Wow. Well. we'll- it's, these games will be next weekend, the 22nd and 23rd, so we'll see. Um, but I do appreciate your time. Uh, thank you for coming on the podcast. Always fun, man. Um, we end up going on so many tangents. <laughs> hey, it's all good. We didn't even, really, we good, even talk about the playoffs. I think I'm, I'm going to call this episode uh, Kirk Cousins. That's what I'm going to call this episode. <laughs> it's either, in a way, it's either I'm going to call it Kirk Cousins or I'm going to call it Hundred million dollar man. <laughs> I don't know. I'll decide. Either way, Kirk Cousins is he's he's sleeping well right now. His family's taken care of for sure. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no matter how he's much people say how player. trash he is, he's sleeping very, very good. <laughs> I need his agent. Like, man, give me Kirk Cousins' agent, bro. Give me Kirk Cousins' agent. I know he's a he's a legend. Actually, that's what I'm gonna call this episode. Uh, give me Kirk Cousins' agent. Back, he changed football. He low key kind of changed football. That's a whole different story. But okay, <laughs> you go on so many things. But he he low key did. <laughs> Jeez. But all right, man. It was good talking to you. Appreciate you coming on the Q Thirty Sports Podcast. Um, it's always good. Uh, hopefully, before the Super Bowl, maybe. We'll see how it plays out. Again, you know, I know you're a busy man, so we'll see how it plays out. But hopefully, I can get you on the phone again before the Super Bowl or right around the Super Bowl time. So, this is the Q30 Sports Podcast. G baby, we out. Have a good one. Football, let's go.